0: We are back. This is the TCP That's Criminal Podcast with John Stamp, and joining me is Tiger, chilling here at my feet, and he is still awake. I don't know how long that's going to last. He looks like he's fading a little bit, um, but as of right now, I do have a co-host. So uh, <laughs> before we get into it, um, Wraith the Shelter Mount, the, uh, the new cover that uh, that Jeff at Plasma Fire Graphics cooked up for me, it is available in Kindle and paperback now. It looks fantastic uh like he's done with all my books the guy the guy killed it so check it out when you get a chance second uh continuing wholehearted thanks uh for all you guys uh support of brothers keeper blood red ivory and spoilers now on audible and i appreciate every every uh every note and every comment and every review you guys have given me and the question remains um what do i do next do you guys want to stick with the crime thriller thing or you want me to put out uh, one of the fantasies like uh, Wraith the Shelter Mount or uh, Shattered Circle? You want me to go into that uh, that realm? What do you want to see next on Audible? Uh, hit me up with a comment or put it in. Uh, put DM me at uh, uh, the John Snap Writer on Instagram or Twitter. Either way. And for that um, tonight, I am going to talk to TJ Champedo, uh, author of The Shadowmaker, a new um, thriller that that uh, just came out last year. Uh, TJ is an Amazon bestselling author of The Medina Device, uh, which was awarded the 2020 Pencraft Award for Literary Excellence, the Maxi Award for Best Thriller, and was also named a finalist for the Silver Felcion Award. Uh, and I wanted to say Falcon, but it's Felcion at the 2021 Nashville International Writers Conference. That's what I'm going to have to ask him about in a second, because any any chance to go to Tennessee, I take it. So I might be attending that sometime (laughs) soon myself. Uh, Champito's latest crime thriller, uh, The Shadowmaker, released internationally by Wild Blue Press in 2022 and already has garnered uh, Literary Titan Gold Award. So uh, TJ is from upstate New York, much like myself, uh, and he now resides in Greenville, South Carolina. We've we've taken similar paths. TJ, welcome. Hey, I appreciate it. John really excited to be here and uh thanks for having me. Yeah, I wouldn't say I uh, escaped New York like snake Plissken, Um <laughs> but the the longer I'm in the south, I went I went from New York to Charleston and uh I miss uh upstate New York, but uh you know, today it's 80 where I am, so
1: yeah. It's- I'm, I'm about in the seventies here today. It couldn't be more beautiful. Um, yeah. You know, the memories of snow stick with you. They'll never go away, uh, from those days in upstate New York, but, um, yeah, yeah you certainly learn to appreciate the the nicer weather.
0: <laughs> yeah. you yeah, You hope for it when you're up there, but then it's really nice to know that you're going back to greenery when you leave. Oh, so absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I'll tell you, man, I, uh, there's nothing I like more than a good heist. And, um, when I uh, first picked up Shadowmaker, it um, I wasn't sure I, the Henry, that your main character, yeah, I love that dude right from the start, uh, yes. And I wasn't sure which way that thing was going to go. It, um, but it, I mean, that was a tight, that was a, a tight thriller that you had there. I mean, that plot just boom, 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 and it, it uh, appreciate it. Yeah, man, I enjoyed it. And um, tell me how that came about.
1: Yeah, Henry was a really fun character to write. Um, as you said, I, I wanted someone really likable, you know, um, that you can relate to. I mean, there's a lot of heroes out there and, and a lot of protagonists in, in novels that are, are uh, sort of infallible and, and you know, they're perfect along the way. And, and he's got his weaknesses and his strengths and all that good stuff and really – Cool personality. He's a younger guy. So um, he's out having fun, you know, living in a big city. Um, but yeah, that that novel kind of came about. I had been stirring around with some themes where I really wanted to tell a story from from the criminal side. Um, and it was a little bit like I had done in, in the Medina device, but I was really inspired by um you know, it sounds odd, but I look back at like Mario Puzo's The Godfather. And and um, I thought that was a, a really brilliant take on the on the mob. You know, there have been so many great mafia novels and, and films at the time. And and um, to kind of swap that perspective around was kind of neat. So um, I don't know that there's any any other parallels than that <laughs> between the two. But just that theme in itself, I thought was really neat. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to run with it. And, and as you said, wanted just kind of keep that pace moving and that plot and uh, keep the reader guessing. But at the end of the day, like I said, I just want to make sure Henry was this really fun character that everybody can sort of latch onto and, and um, root for, you know, at the end of the day, you you know, you want to root for the guy, even though he's, he's a criminal.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and I, I'm not sure if it just caught me off guard because like you say, when, when we most of the times we open up a, a thriller and we have an expectation of what our protagonist is gonna be. If he's a bad guy, he's gonna be just dark, the antihero. Yeah. If he's a good guy, he's gonna be Captain America. And um, there was a, a, there's a, a weird. He's a he's a bona fide professional criminal, but there's yeah, a good. weird. It's a weird innocence that you built into his character. It's 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 is that I don't. It seemed like there's an innocence to him, or maybe. Good. Like you said, boyish charm, and I, I, yeah, that one caught me off guard. It was, it was great. It was a refresh.
1: It is. He's got this, this remarkable talent. As you said, he's, he's really, he's not your, your petty criminal. I mean, he's a world class thief. This guy is, is mostly focused on art and jewelry, and, um, you know, his background includes hitting some of the. Uh, you know some of the biggest museums and galleries out there so um he's really well known within the the criminal underworld and um he's kind of this savant thief but uh at the end of the day you know yeah he he clocks out and goes out with his friends and and um you know has some fun and and so there's these normal pieces of of Henry's life that you want to sprinkle in um you know to kind of like I said make him a little more um a little more reachable as a character so
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, You know, and then
1: there's the fact that, you know, you talk about good and bad. I mean, he it's no secret. It's kind of part of that original uh, plot right out of the gate that he's he's also an FBI informant. Um, So one of the things you see throughout this novel in terms of theme and and what he his struggles as the main character, um, he's he's kind of living between these two worlds. And as long as he can balance them, you know. You know, he's living his best life. Uh, And then you'll see as the as the story goes on, the wall sort of close in and um, he may get faced a couple of times along the way with uh, having to make this decision. You know, where do I best fit in? Where where am I safest? Um, You know, you have loyalties and and trust and all these things that are always in question around you uh, on both sides of 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 the, of the balance, I guess, that, that he's trying to manage. So he's, he's a really fun character. And there's uh, some other characters along the way um, that I think make him a little more human as well. You know, the little ribbings that go on between he and his best friend and, you know, there's the ex-girlfriend kind of hanging around on the, on the fringes uh, early on in the novel that again, it just make him a little more relatable.
0: Yep. And, and the uh, organization you built around him is so structured. like it's uh... It's the the Croatian mob that you that you imported from Eastern Europe. I uh, I I don't know much about the Eastern Europe mobs. The the ones I I uh, kind of got to drift in with uh, were were old Italian guys, you know, back yeah. way way back, and uh, and they were kind of leftovers uh, from from the good old boy era, you know. So absolutely, that, uh, but as far as the Eastern European guys. Uh, it's, it's we're we're talking fiction, but um Henry's a, a really good soldier, very dedicated, loyal, and he he fits in with the training and, and with the you know the hierarchy and the rank and he's dedicated to his the the family or the organization. Yeah. But even still he stands out a little bit and everybody kind of sees it. Like it's you know, he's he's not uh, he, he it's it's great the um the contrast of him and his loft in and buckhead. Or and uh you know yeah gets up throws on some clothes goes to work and then and then you know it's just like every other day he's just happy-go-lucky and then he hops into his to his legitimate workplace and <laughs> ends up digging through like five or six different tunnels to show up in the warehouse that's full of just loot that's full of just stone yeah stone, yeah stones. and it's well as you uh, said
1: it's, it's really the the organization's really structured and and i think that's fun you know you, yeah. um you got to be careful doing the secret passageways and the cloak and dagger type stuff. It's all, it's all been done so many times. So I I really just try to have some fun with it. And um, yeah, like you, you know, um, being an Italian or, you know, for me, I'm an Italian American, but like you, you know, a lot of the history there with the Italian mob and um, you know, everybody kind of grew up seeing the movies and reading about it. And and as a kid, I'd hear the stories, you know um, in upstate New York. So yeah, yeah, there's there's obviously it's fictional, but it, there was a lot of research done on how the Eastern European, Croatian, Al, you know, uh, Albanian, you, you know, that whole side of of the mob. And it's a little different. The structure is a little different. The, the tone's a little different. The culture's a little different. But um, at the end of the day, yeah, it's it's a very structured organization. There's lieutenants and captains. And, um, you know, a lot of things that I think will be familiar to readers who who, who have who have had some experience, you know, in that uh, in that in that type of fiction. So,
0: yeah. And the uh, the backdrop, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but being able to give all those characters uh, a depth, especially from the organization side, you know, Anton, the the mob boss, uh, a product of uh, the uh, Civil War, uh, the yeah. Yugoslav Croatian Civil War, um, all that all that just added that the, uh, the violence, the violence is a product of their, of their, um, you know, their growth. They grew up amongst just horrible situations, planted themselves in Buckhead of all places, like (laughs) the Beverly Hills of the East coast. (laughs) Right. 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 (laughs) Um,
1: yeah, it, it was, it was fun because, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a history buff and I'm no expert on, um, you know the yugoslavian war and and the croatian war for independence and and um and that whole era but but being a history buff i really wanted to find i was looking for a background for these guys and i just wanted to find something really neat that i could tie in this um really dark part of history and try to tie that into the the background of the characters just for one because i thought it was fascinating um and and you don't get too hung up on it, but but as you kind of alluded to, there's a lot of little background trinkets and and gems that get dropped that um, kind of are a nod back to that that war. And as you said, Anton, who's the head of this Croatian mob in the in the U.S., I mean, he was a soldier in, uh, during all that, so um, he definitely brings that to his character. I mean, that's a part of who he is, and uh, he talks about it a little bit. Of course, uh, Henry and his friends were just children and and uh, you know escaped there. Uh, with their families and they're young, so their memories aren't really ingrained in that. But of course, they've grown up around it. I mean, he was raised by assassins and thieves, and and it's his life. It's really the only life he knows. So it's as normal to him uh, to go into work as it is for anybody else to go into into their job. It's just it's very normal to him. None of the, none of it seems uh uh crazy I don't, i'm not sure henry knows how extraordinary he really is but as you said um there's some other characters around him who who see it you know they okay. see the potential there and that he's a little bit different and and that he has something a little special so um yeah he's a he's a neat character my first novel was more um i think it was a lot more plot driven so uh, you know it's nice to hear um you know, folks like yourself say, oh, these characters are are really deep and they've got these great backgrounds. There's a lot of layers to them. That was really important for me as a writer to kind of to get more into that and challenge myself to be a little more uh, character driven, but also be able to to keep that plot and action, you know, just going nonstop. So,
0: yeah, and it's a, it's always a, a scary thing, um, you know, keeping that thriller tight and fast and moving and keeping the attention of the reader. And it's, you, it's that balance of, all right, if I step aside from the chase, the fights, the yeah. strategy, and I decide to start telling backstories to people, am I slowing myself down? Am I, am I, is this the part where, you know, Elmore Leonard's rules for writing It says, you skip the parts that people don't read. And yeah. it's like, we could do that, but then we're not going to know who these people are. Um, but if you really want to know who this person is, you're, I, yeah. I run the risk of you t- shutting this book down and it's it's hard. It's hard to find that balance and be able to do it tight enough to, uh, to keep people going.
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, the drill, I mean, you, you, it's walking a tight line, you know, and, um, I think early on in my writing career, I always wanted to make sure I was telling that story and and maybe we're, you know, diverting away from, um, a really big, you know, build up or, or intensity, uh, um, and you always, yeah, take the wind out of it when you kind of divert off and go into a backstory. So, I, you know, as a writer, I try to learn that art of letting the characters sort of tell that story a little bit, so so that the narrator doesn't have to. And, um, but yeah, you, you know, we've all been there. You're walking that tight line and and trying to keep that momentum. And especially when you're in that suspense thriller genre, um, you know, it's not a big literary prose piece you know about these characters and and eluding all these different types of emotions but uh at the end of the day i try to stay focused on on the fact that this is a thriller it's an action suspense novel so um but but yeah if you can walk that tie line and and kind of get everything in there and make it feel balanced and and let the reader connect with all these different characters while the plot is Full steam ahead, um, you know that's that's a victory as a writer. So yeah, so yeah, I the, felt really good about it at the end, and and felt like I had kind of taken a step as an as an author as well with this one. So
0: yeah, and that's the secret. It's uh, you, I never noticed any place where you're monologuing. Like that's my that's my fear. Right. I'll be I'll be going at it and writing and writing and writing, and then I you know I'll get done with my session. I'll look at it and be like. I just talked at the audience for the last like 45 <laughs> right, minutes. Right. I didn't I wasn't with yeah. the audience. I was standing on a stage lecturing them. I'm like, that's not gonna play. So it's like you gotta yeah. go back and you gotta clean all that out. And and uh, but yeah, when you mix it in with like a scene or like you say, the the trash talk between uh Henry and Darius so often leads back yeah. into it's it's just a it's such a smoother way of, you know, I'm not lecturing to you. I'm like henry and darius are going to talk trash to each other and this is how you're gonna find out who these two are and it exactly. was exactly seamless yeah yeah i mean
1: yeah because you know um the dialogue is a big part of it i mean you could you could sit there and talk but i mean obviously as an author you have to talk about little things here and there about the character but um like again you know you, you every time you write a new novel you try to take another big step um and and maybe be sharp in some things that were a little dull and you know in your last work so i'm always trying to identify places where i could be better as an author and keep that reader a little more engaged and um these characters were so fun the dialogue just kind of really came easy i mean there were parts where i i just you sort of close your eyes and um, you know, I, I grew up in the Atlanta area uh, after, you know, my family had moved down from New York and uh, spent my teens and early 20s down in that area. So I kind of I, I got the energy of that city. Um, I always wanted to do a setting, you know, in Atlanta. I'm not sure I'll ever uh, return to it, but this was a blast to write and, um, you know, touching on some of those those points. But but at the end of the day, I kind of would close my eyes and just remember some of those, you know, some of that energy between me and my friends and some folks I knew at that age and how were we talking to each other of course we weren't um you know big time criminals or anything we were just normal guys (laughs) but um i wanted to kind of get a little bit of that in there and i think that helps you know again it always circles back to trying to make the characters relatable and real and human and um you know you want them to be smooth like james
0: Bond, but nobody's really that smooth right so (laughs) yeah and in his uh his fell. um i i don't think that's the right word but his uh his uh kind of weaknesses um when they blend it was uh, like that there was one part you, you he's faced with just straight up death and he and when you let him panic and i don't yeah. want to give stuff away in the book no but you let him reach an utter level of panic that is so far away from everything yeah. we see in every other good guy he's like i was reading it i'm like that was a bold choice, man. <laughs> it's, I'm really glad it's you paying off. off. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad but you liked that I, scene. It's an, an awesome scene. It was a lot of fun to write. Yeah, and it was it was uh, I like literally. I'm reading it. I'm like, huh? I'm like, yeah, I like that. Like, that's a that's an angle that uh, I I can't remember the last time I saw something like that. So, and again, I don't. I'm I'm very hesitant to give much of the detail away because I think everybody yeah, needs yeah. to read it. But that was a very unique scene that that uh, I haven't seen much. I spent some time on
1: that one because as you said, um, you know, we won't spoil anything for, for anyone who hasn't read it, but, you know, here's this guy who's brave and he's fearless and, and, you know, he's got that young man's invincibility right going on. And all of a sudden here's this moment where, um, that all goes away, you know, and, and as you said, you're kind of faced with this, uh, certain death, so to speak, or, you know, whatever. And, um, Yeah, I mean, just the way he handles it, honestly, is probably the way most of us would. Um, Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean. And and again, I I wanted to make sure that he he was in that moment, and that the reader understood kind of who he was, and that there are there are breaking points, even even this guy that's a super, um, he's not super macho, but I mean, like I said, he's got a lot of bravado, he's got a lot of charisma, and you know, he doesn't, um, you know, he's cool as a cucumber. He's he's a hard guy to kind of rattle. So in that scene. To, to see that that just pure humanity and fear in him is was was cool it felt good I, you know i think like every like you when you were reading it that's pretty much how i felt when i was writing and it. it was just it's yeah. a powerful scene and those are those are the ones that you're going to remember you know and that really you're looking at that character a little differently and a, and a little um, after that so it was cool
0: yeah, it, uh that one stuck. That one sticks. That's that's one like if there was one you could carve out and like put it on the wall, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that little bad boy up there. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's that's one I hit it out of the park on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. I'm glad yeah. you like that one. Like I said, it is it is neat that you brought that up. I, I always um, that's that part. If you think, you know, somebody's reading that part, you know, as the, as the author, like my yeah. wife is reading the book. That was one of those parts where I wanted to kind of see her reaction, <laughs> kind of peek yeah. into the room. Is she on that one? Um, so that's fun.
0: That's fun. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a, what did the, um, you know, editors are I, I like a good, strong editor that is going to have no problem whatsoever crushing my soul uh, when they're yeah. slicing up my book. Um, but every, but the editor, even the hardest one, is going to be going to drop those trinkets every now. And then. If they see something that impresses them, they're going to be like, that was pretty freaking awesome. But the rest of this yeah. part here sucked. So you're going to fix yeah. that. Keep this. Well, Did you get any feedback on that?
1: Well, you know how editors are. They they are not going to. Um, as an author, you're like, God, somewhere in here, the, she's going to tell me how great this was. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. You know, nope, they rarely don't. do. So when, uh, But I worked with an um just an amazing editor, Jen Waterman, um over at Wild Blue Press. Uh I had the the uh the opportunity to work with. And and she's just amazing. And we spent some time, you know, early on going through some of the rounds. Um, you know, it's a dance. You're kind of getting to know yeah. each other because that's an intimate relationship between you and an editor. But um, yeah, there were there were some scenes. She was a wealth of knowledge. Um, and and yeah, there's scenes where they're not afraid to call you out. And I think if you're gonna write at this level, you you've got to be able to to handle that and take it. I always say I'm not a I'm not a diva writer. You know, you want to change something up, tell me it's gonna make the the book better and, and you're not gonna get much pushback. But um there were a lot of fun scenes we had we had fun with or a lot of scenes that we had fun with. And that was one where um I'm not sure I think you know I think I nailed that one the first you know right into the draft I don't think that scene really got got played with too much in editing because honestly I had been working on it already for a while I knew exactly how that scene was gonna go and and I was feeling it you know man I mean I was feeling it early on but um but editors are funny you know I mean there were some scenes where you know she surprised me and she'd say you know do you do you want this to be a little more violent? You know, should there be a little more? <laughs> and I, you know, I just kind of get taken aback and cause you never want to go over those lines, you know, in this yeah. genre, I don't really get into too much um, gore and, and violence and, and trying to visualize some of these things that happen, but you certainly want it to be very real. Um so, yeah, without kind of giving away some other parts, Jen had a hand in in really making um, a few of those a little more graphic than than they really
0: originally <laughs> were uh, dialing uh, up the Tarantino a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you got <laughs> to. And, and not
1: a lot. But I think there's scenes where, you know, an editor's looking at it a little differently. They're seeing it from a little bit higher perspective I guess and kind of looking down on the whole thing as a whole and you know where could we use some things here and there um but I love working with editors you know I love yeah, picking you know scenes apart and how can they be better and and you know as I said I'm not afraid to let let my editors have a, you know, have their fingerprints on that thing a little bit at the end because um, there's just such a valuable resource. And and so editing has become one. I, one I, I think it always intimidated me early on. My debut novel. I had a really amazing editor that I worked with Um Ashley Lachance and and we just had a lot of fun with that one but um I was nervous the first time I you know on a professional level was working with an editor um but then you know now I've kind of gotten to the point where like I said it's that's one of my favorite parts of the process um, digging in with somebody else you know and saying all right you're you're the only other person in the world that's read this so far you know let's let's dig in and see what we got so I love that
0: yeah. Do you have a beta? Do you have a stack of beta readers that you put out or you you go pretty much straight to the editor? You
1: know, I. I, I can't say one way or the other what's better. I think it's a personal preference. Um, I know a lot of writers who really enjoy that and they have great beta readers around them, you know, and 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 not just friends and family. I mean, I think you really have to have beta readers who are going to be honest with you and be upfront with you about about things. Personally, I you know, I personally choose not to use beta readers. I like to kind of keep that stuff close to the vest. Um I know that the the level of talent on the editing side is there. And and I like to think that I can um work really well with an editor and, and make make it easy. You know, I, I'm sure there's authors that are difficult to work with and editors will tell you that. And and I don't ever want to be that guy. So I, I try to have fun with it. I, I want uh, I want my editor to get down with it. I, I guess I have one beta reader. That would be my wife. So my wife gets the last look at every manuscript before it, it goes to my agent. And um, you know, your spouse is always gonna be up front with you. So yeah. She's, yeah, she's a great beta reader. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. but no, I, I don't typically um use a group and and maybe one. Day that'll change, but just like I said on a on a personal level, just um, not something that I usually go with.
0: Yeah, I've had do you uh, use, I've done do Yeah, you. I've have. gone yeah. I've gone both ways. I'll send them out, and um, you know, it's a lot. It's it's uh, like you said that it's hard to find that that just real feedback sometimes. So I've got a, a group of uh, a handful of people that yeah I know will let me know this is screwed up. You know, technically the uh, your tactics are messed up here. Um, yeah get your get your handle your gun handling right here get this right here ah yeah um so they'll they'll let me know and, and when i write something it's They'll be like, this sounds stupid. Like what yeah. I don't know where you, you were phoning in and I'm like, all right, okay, you got <laughs> me. Yeah. But yeah. you want to make sure those people and
1: and and I think the best way to if you're gonna use them, you gotta use them right. You know, you want people that are familiar with the genre, who know some of the good authors and yeah. um what some of you know what makes a good commercial novel really well, or or if you know, even if it's on the independent side. So um I think it's gonna boil down to, you know, who are those beta readers and and you know, do they do they really get it? Um Real quick, you just brought up gun handling. It was, you know, you've got a law enforcement background. I don't, I don't have that. You know, I shoot, out, I used to shoot out on a range when I was a kid, and I don't have that background. Um, but my last editor, boy, if I had a nickel for every minute that we spent talking about where guns, you know, does it go in your waistband or your holster, and where, you know, what's the deal? And actually, we got into it over that for a little while. No, I wouldn't say get into it, but we had some fun back and forth. It was a scene where. Um, and i kept telling i said "General, well they don't have holsters in this moment you know they didn't right. dress for that moment and when they got <laughs> up in the morning with the holster uh but she said go get your pistol out of your drawer put it in your pants and walk around the house a little bit she said it's uh you know it's not like nice. the movies that is not yeah, to work." i remember that lasted yeah. for two seconds i put it in my pants and i was like no she's right that no who would no one would do that yeah. um you know so the the i think readers sometimes don't don't get to see behind the veil like that some of these conversations that that take place during the the creative process and every little detail you know and, and I'm I'm big on detail and I know you are too and a lot of a lot of authors in this genre are and you do want to get stuff right um, yep. you know and, and you're like I said you're a perfect example with your background I you know I don't want guys like you reading my work and saying man he got so much wrong <laughs> You <laughs> know, I'm allowed my, to get a, yeah. I'm allowed yeah. to get a few things wrong because it's it's fiction, right? But um, you want to try to stay true to, to to all those things and and leave a trail of authenticity, I think uh, as you go. So um, um, yeah. but it is fun some of those conversations that that take place between editors and beta readers and oh yeah, the, the, the yeah. little things you'll get into to make
0: it right. And it is uh yeah it is my my thing is like you know my my friends get a hold of my books and they will if I if I messed up something or got something wrong they'll slaughter me you know just, right <laughs> yeah yeah <you> know. <laughs> so that's that's always oh that's always sitting there so yeah just like just waiting just waiting to let them let me know what I got wrong
1: <laughs> well they know you can take it too and I yeah. do too oh, you yeah. know, like my wife also just bring it just give it to mm-hmm. me just give me all the bad stuff because mm-hmm. honestly if you're thinking this part's not right. There's a couple thousand other people out there who are going to uh, think the same thing. And, and, you know, success in this business is very frail, I think, you know, and it doesn't take a lot for people to get bored with, with books. Um, there's yep. so much amazing work out there. So many talented authors out there. Um, so to get someone to, to really latch to your, to your book and see it through to the last page is it's a challenge, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, in my tough. mind, I'm always yeah. saying, all right, I got to keep, I need people to finish this thing. And, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that can be, that can be tough. So there's, there's a lot that goes through your head when you're writing and I try not to put too much pressure on you and you just kind of let your natural talents kind of Take hold and you and you just go and you and really I think you just have to trust yourself. You know, ninety nine percent of it is just trust yourself. And like you said before, I mean, sometimes you're just going to throw a whole monologue down, and you know that those two pages are going to get carved down to two paragraphs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but let's just get the thought out. Let's get let's get all my thoughts out and get it all out, and we'll we'll go back and and fix that up or or figure out a better way to do it. But um, you know, for me in that drafting process, I'm throwing a lot at the wall. You yep. know, we'll, yeah. we'll see what sticks in in the first few rounds of editing, but let's just, let's just get there, you know, let's get from A to Z and, and, and clean it up later.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I word vomit the first hundred thousand and, then, yeah. uh, and, and, um, the problem, but for some reason, this last one, the manuscript I'm working on the, uh, the second Ben Hoff novel, yeah. it, uh, I got, unfortunately I got into this vibe where I'm working through something. And if I have a question, like it, it starts off in Jakarta, Indonesia, and so I'm like, work. I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm thinking, can I track them with traffic cams or something? Do they have traffic cams in Jakarta? So I'll right. like stop my session and I'll go Google traffic cams in Jakarta, Indonesia. Screws up my entire day, and I yeah. and, it, and and it's instead of me focusing on just get this crap down, we'll come back to it later. And that that slowed me down. Like I probably made it fifty thousand words of just start stuttering and yeah. I, I have no idea where that came from cuz i i usually have a standing rule is we'll figure this crap out later just get it down and it's yeah. a, that that stu- that stunted my uh my my writing time and i i don't know where that came from but the research gig i it, that research can wait you know it's and i don't i don't know what happened but i, I just yeah. had that Stumble for this uh, this manuscript and it's dragging it out. I don't know why. Well, it's
1: funny it's, you bring that. That's a cool example, actually. You know, you yeah, you get detracted for two hours trying to figure out if there's security oh, can Crazy. Start. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the other day, I I've learned to try, and it's you can't always do it, but I try to to settings I've been to. Um, Yeah, my wife and I have traveled Europe a good bit. There's some places I've been to, but that, you know, sometimes you find you, I've never been to the Barcelona train station. And the other day, uh, I probably spent an hour trying to figure out if the terminal was down the escalator or up the escalator, you know, were the floors tile or, you know, what were they made out of? Um, So the things you can kind of get bogged down in are kind of funny. And I'm, I'm sure your Google search history is pretty extraordinary as
0: well <laughs> oh yeah i think i actually i think i actually posted it one day on instagram and just uh and it was just prior it was getting my draft started yeah. and uh so i i look back at it because after i got done sketching sketching out my i was sketching out this thing and i'm like okay i need to know about this it's a littoral combat ship cool and then you know what else i need i need a rocket launcher so i go oh, from boy. a littoral the schematics of a littoral combat ship to uh-huh. um what kind of, Shoulder-mounted um, platforms we can use against it. Uh, <laughs> tactics of seaborne waterside security, and then you know some like. Oh yeah, I no. get done with this, I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna, I'm about to get rendered. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> The yeah. black van's coming to get me. I know. Oh I yeah, got some Far- hard questions to answer. <laughs> Especially
1: for the for the shadow maker. I mean, I was, you know, when you're pulling up, trying to pull up blueprints for a bank. Oh yeah, abroad, you know, and then your next search is, you know, you just keep going down those types of rabbit holes, and yeah, you you kind of finish up and you think, well, somebody's gonna knock at my knock on my door here any minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So far, so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody yet. Yeah. I used say I'm a I'm a thriller writer. I, you know, yeah. That's just yeah. what I do. There's a lot of crazy stuff in my Google search, but I always joke and say, you know, being an author is mostly just a lot of coffee and weird Google searches. And, <laughs> Um, But, you know, John, John, that goes back to the authenticity of it, though. You know, you want to be, you know, like I said, I haven't been to the Barcelona train station, but uh, some of my readers have, you know, and they're going to pick that up. And I want them to feel like they're there again. You know, oh, yeah, I do remember the, you know, the little garden over here or the tile floors and, um, you know, what color are the trains and these types of things. So um, it's funny what will make us pause from our manuscript and then yeah. go to Google and spend an hour, you know, looking up the craziest stuff you can think of. But, um, yeah. but I think it's, it's all for the reader, right? I mean, you want them to, to, to feel like, um, they're right there in the, in the minute and right there in the scene. So I think that, I think that helps when guys like us are doing that. And
0: yep. uh, Yeah. And it's uh, like, it, does, it, it slows us down, but at the same time, when you, you know, you, you're mentioning Europe, the, um, the richness of even the most minor parts of of some european cities yeah o- opposed to like the uh the facilities and architecture that we're used to in america that just being yeah. able to take get in that headspace to be writing that you know this is a gas station but it's got marble floors and the walls are 200 years old because it's been around longer yeah. than the united states of america and you just you know, exactly. you want to. It's not like we're walking into a glass and aluminum framed, you know, thing here, like we do here. It's the age that you just want to capture correctly. It's it, it's worth the time, and I would love to yeah. have the budget and the time to go, <laughs> but you know, I'll get yeah, to that oh, someday. Of course, of course.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I'm with you. I like, um, you know, when I'm sitting in a good European city, and, and we've got a scene rocking. I mean, I love kind of discovering some of the historic monuments and and um sites around that city and kind of bringing that to the forefront as well and i think that helps uh the reader kind of feel exactly what what you were explaining you know the the cobblestone streets and the gothic architecture and it's just it's very different than what we're used to here so it is kind of neat um to kind of have those scenes and and talk about that stuff and accurately talk about it too yeah um because you know i was a big fan of james mishner when i was a kid and you know, he wrote the drifters and and um, did a lot of travel catalogs as well but you know this was a guy that could really um set up a scene and you know i remember learning from that pretty early in my career and being like look this guy's like almost a tour guide a travel guide, you yeah. know to a certain mm-hmm. extent without over explaining it right so now we go back to the tightrope thing well i want to describe barcelona or i want to describe lisbon but um i also need you to stay on track i want the reader to know what's going on and um so yeah that's one of the many balancing acts i guess that we deal with as authors but uh missioner was really great and and i think he really taught me how to uh bring that reader into that scene and into that moment and and um yeah especially for americans man when you've got a good a good scene and setting over in europe that's it's always a lot of fun um, yeah, because it is different. It's not what we're used to, you know?
0: Yep, yeah, yeah. Capturing that age. Uh, just, uh, yeah. you know, I, I I remember being in, uh, I think it was either Czech Republic and I'm having lunch in a place that was like a hundred years older than the United right. States of America. And it's right. like, how right. do you, yeah, it's just, yeah. And they're just like, yeah, it's been in the family 300 years. It's like, holy crap. <laughs> you know? Yeah. My um, seventh
1: but, great grandfather opened it up. And... Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, it's fascinating. It really is.
0: Not yeah. And, uh, and, you know, talking about research kind of runs me into uh process. Are, are you, uh, I can't stand the term uh, pantser or plotter. I can't stand, I really like the, there's those words that you just can't like yeah. accept. And that is one of them. So do you work with an outline or you just go? I'm an outliner. I'm a huge outliner and it's more the nature of who
1: I am. You know, I'm a list maker. It drives my, my wife nuts. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when we travel, whether it's you know, here domestically to go see family or, or, you know, we go travel abroad. Um, I'm a list maker and a scheduler and all this. So I think it comes real natural for me to be a, um, I, does that make me a
0: plotter? Cause I'm with you. I don't, I hear panster, and I'm like, I don't even want to enter. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. I just, it's a, well, it's, it's, a it's an amazing thing. Last, uh, when I first started this, I didn't have as many, uh, fiction writers on, yeah. the, uh, on the, uh, the podcast and um lots of true crime so we're, we're talking yeah. non-fiction a lot of the time and um but this season i want i wanted to talk a little more to the fiction side of the house just to just to mix it up a little yeah and it's amazing you know same question to everybody but you know some of them uh like i was talking to uh to stan uh the other day and He's like, yeah, I just have a question in my head. What would happen if he did this? And he just goes for sixty thousand words. I'm like, that doesn't even compute for me. No, like, I would, I would run into a wall, and I would just get stuck there, and I would never see the light of day again. So for me, it's I got an idea, I get the end, <laughs> like the the climax, I get the hook, and I you know A to Z, and I take six, seven, eight to get there. I'm good, but yeah, I gotta, I gotta outline my my chapters.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, John. I I, I can't. I gotta. I got to know how it ends. And, and Lizzie said, maybe it's just the acts, the act, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Act one, act two, act three. And here's the climax. And here's my, my story arc. But um, I got to know what's going on. I I can't start a novel unless I kind of have a good idea. Now, you know, you can fill in some blanks along the way. In fact, you're going to fill in a lot of blanks along the way. But um look, maybe everybody's different. I, I I don't know how the other half does it. Yeah. You know, I've talked to authors who are like, it just writes itself. And I'm like, no, oh, okay. No, it does not. <laughs> like you, you know, I will say this and and not a knock on the pantsters. It just feels to me like um, you're going to get done faster with an outline. I feel like when there's always a direction, you're not running off the road or, Pulling off to, you know, the side of the road, so to speak, to take a minute and think and and redraw your plot line or something like that. Um, I got to know where it's going. I got to know when to build up, you know, because we're using tone a lot of times. And, um, you know, you're going to write a little differently in a very climactic, intense scene than you are during a build up. And um, I need to know where I am on that. You know, on that trajectory, I got to know where I'm at because um, I got to know how to write and how to set it up. And, um, you know, is there foreshadowing that I need to be working on? All these little things that I just don't feel like you're, you can really accurately address if you're just like, you know, stream of conscious going for it. But yeah. look, I, I'm wired up that way, and someone else might be wired up totally different to where if they start, you know, I heard a guy, one of my buddies say, um, if I, started working on an outline, I would never get past the outline. Um, so I think everybody's minds are kind of wired a little differently and and maybe that works. But I, I do think it makes me a faster writer. And and maybe not faster in how fast I type and all this, but uh the the process from start to finish, I feel like has has shortened a lot. The more organized I am about um about the story and, and you know again i just think it helps you move that along quicker and um especially when you've got people who are ready for your next work to be delivered or you feel like it's time um you know because we get anxious as authors right we want our work to be out really
0: fast yep. um so of course i want to find the the quickest way from point a to c <laughs> yeah you know yep and uh and yeah they they i mean they pull it off they just have an idea in their head yeah. some of the most famous people just wing it and it turns into magic. Um, but like yeah. you, I, I, it's, if it keeps me efficient, if I know where yeah. I am on the road, you know, and, and where the exit yeah. is. And, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's, and it's funny uh, since I've been, uh, adding a few more, uh, fiction authors and everybody does it completely a different way. They've all got their yeah. own justifications and their own rationalizations. And it's, it's just, uh, it's been uh, an unexpected, um, Kind of treat to see, uh, look in the yeah. minds of all these different. We all we all put put words on paper, uh, but no matter you know w- what genre we're in, we're all doing it in a in a strange different way that makes sense to us, but doesn't make sense yeah. to a whole lot of other people. <laughs> <You> yeah, <know? laughs> and, it, and
1: it's weird, and it is a fun topic of conversation. You know, among guys like you and I and other other authors, I'm sure you're having a lot of fun, kind of digging into people's um mindsets about that um because a reader doesn't think about that you know they're not reading it going i wonder what is it pants i wonder if he's a pantser or, a, <laughs> yeah. or a, you know an outliner or whatever planner um because the work comes out and it's it doesn't matter i guess that's how you how you get there but but as authors we i always think that's fun i'm always curious about yeah. other people's process because i'm like god are, are other people you know as tight about that outline am I or, or are there other authors that are even more um you know battened down and and have it there because um you know even with that structure you can still change it along the way mm-hmm. um I mean you don't want to change the storyline drastically but you know you have, may have a scene that you outlined that was in one setting and you thought maybe a different setting would lend itself better and um you know along the way different things start start to come out so so there's a little bit of fluid action i think to that outline as well and it has to be able to to sort of bend and break a little bit but at the end of the day i i i stick to that and i think it's worth the time and sometimes those outlines take a month or more to put together and um, it may just be me on the couch with a pen and paper noodling for a couple of weeks, you know, over a lot of coffee and glasses of wine and, and until you finally feel like you get it right. And then, you know, for me, that's where I feel comfortable sitting down and going, all right, we're going to, you know, here we go. Chapter one, let's get going. Um, feeling good enough about that outline.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much I try,
1: to, I try to see it in my head, I guess, you know, I'm doing that outline. I'm trying to trying to visualize these scenes in my head before I get going and really get a get a feel of it. So.
0: Yeah. When I'm, uh, when I'm doing that and I, that's what my, my notebook gets open. I'm just, yep. you know, doodling, but it it kind of plants the seed for how this movie in my head's going to go. And, yeah. and, it, uh, and it just starts building, you know, so it's, it keeps me going. Um, I, you know, good on the the people that can just come up with a with a stray <laughs> idea and and fly a movie fly a book out of their head that's 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 cool know. with them uh but it's it's very interesting to uh to get everybody's perspective you know that's um, oh yeah yeah and you, and you said it, something you said brought, brought up a question cuz i wanted to mention this guy but you said that uh, you don't you know you don't want things to change drastically and there's always stuff that you you might have to sprinkle in here and there and uh jack I can't pronounce his last name. I, uh, you know, but the Vaselka. Uh, yeah, okay. So Jack Veselka, He, he, um, he was, you know, he's a relatively minor character, but he was, he's like, uh just, you know, I have a horrible that de- idea. Jack's going to say that's uh, that sounds terrible, but I can't wait to try it. You know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Jack just seems like he's down for anything, and he's, uh like I said, a rather minor character, but he's got a pretty big part to play towards the end. Did. Was that part of the original plan or did you have to go back and find him?
1: No. So um, Jack originally was just a, I don't want to say a filler character, but he kind of was. He was a fluff character. We need another guy for this this scene. Let's, you know, and I kind of introduced him. So, um, you know, here's where I kind of backtrack off my my out, outline. um and I'll try to do this without any spoilers, but I, I know what you're alluding to. He's he started as a very minor character, and and the more the the storyline kind of unfolded, and these other little elements that maybe I hadn't foreseen when I was doing the outline, when they started to come about, and I had to address them in the book, um, Jack came in really handy. He was a great <laughs> character. There were some there were some scenes where I I kind of needed. Um, I needed to insert somebody to make some things happen and, and kind of mix it up a little bit. Um, So he turns out to be a pretty important part of the whole puzzle, I think. Uh, And to answer your question no, his, his role in this, in this book was not originally uh, supposed to be as big as, as it turned out to be. So for anyone who hasn't read it, um, don't fall asleep on Jack Vaselko. He's, he's a fun character. Um, And, you know, not to give too much away, but, you know, you, I'm working on this as a series, so the Shadowmaker was the first book, that kind of sets the stone, sets the stage for uh, what the series is going to be like. And um, you know, there's characters that, as you look into books two, three, and four, you think, you know, like Jack's one of those guys. And and not to give too much away, but he's as you know, where I say, man, I'd love to. You know, I'd love to bring him back somehow and, and do some things. And there's a lot of characters like that in there. And I think that's gonna be part of the fun for the reader as they get into books two and three. Or, you know, are we gonna see some familiar faces? Um, are there gonna be any, you know, references back to old old things that happen and of course you know the answer to both of those are are typically yes but jack was a was a a fun character you're right he was he's up for anything he's a little bit younger than henry and darius he's a real wild card um but again a lot like henry he's very good at what he does you know he's he's a little bit goofy uh he's he's an adrenaline junkie you know but when it's time to get to work um he's the guy you want standing next to you so he, he was a uh, he was a character that definitely unfolded on the page um as i got going i don't i don't think i had a lot of big plans for for jack when i got started so
0: yeah when when he showed up when he showed up i immediately like as soon as I, as soon as they enter, like the first line he's introduced, I was like, yeah, that's the guy wearing the red shirt on a Star Trek away team. Like that dude's <laughs> yeah, right. dead in about 10 pages. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I get the end of the book. I was like, huh? Okay. Yeah. Or- yeah. All right. Then well done, fella. You survived. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> try, to, he- try to get promoted to like the gold shirt or something next time. <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a good thing to bring up. He's a lower level guy. So he's hungry. He's, he's you know, he looks up to Henry and, and Darius. He's heard the stories of, of some of the things they've accomplished and he wants to make a name for himself um he makes a name for himself i'm not sure you know exactly what he had in mind but um but he he was another another fun guy and and they're a fun you know i keep saying it's a fun group of characters but um darius and henry you know um some of the banter you brought up before and the, you know them kind of busting on each other a little bit there's a there's there's an authenticity and a realness to that um you know in terms of how people talk and and stuff like that um so jack was one of the guys we had some fun with but yeah he he uh like i said there were some things that happened and i I remember thinking jack's i'm gonna keep him around a little bit and we can we're gonna use him you know a little bit later as a character and he was he's just it was awesome
0: yeah he he did stand out and that uh, you mentioned it so uh shadowmaker we do you did that come with a four-book arc, or did you just have the idea for Henry, let's send Henry on an adventure, and then when he got done, you are like, yeah, I'm going to bring that dude back, or did you always have it in mind to make um, it a series?
1: You know, originally, it was a trilogy, and um I had the first three books loosely sort of planned out. Of course, book one, I had pretty nailed down, and then I had some pretty good idea what was going to you know transpire in books two and three um so originally it was just a trilogy and when I signed with Wild Blue Press they really kind of felt like um it could be a series and I remember you know um one of the folks I work with over there saying well what if you finish the trilogy and you want to come back to it and of course I thought well that's brilliant let's just make it a series um so that I could always keep keep writing it but um I can tell you uh I I'm not going to stray from this series at least until book three is done. So, um, yeah, to kind of answer your question, I think book one was the or you know in the is tr- the whole of the first three books. That's really going to be the origin story when you look back one yeah. day after book three yeah. and say, "Well, how did how did he become what he is?" Well, this is you know this is it. Um, so yeah, I. Now to say that when I conjured up book one in my head, I wasn't sure if it was going to be a standalone or not. But once you kind of start filling in the blanks and filling, you know, figuring out where it's going to go, I quickly realized um, that I wanted to get into a series. And I, and I think if you'd have asked me a couple of years ago if I wanted to do a series, I probably would have told you no. You know, you know the way my my head, I, I just had all these ideas, and I was like, no, I just want to write all these great one-off books. Um, and uh in my age one day i was like look you, you should try it you should just try it you know maybe you'll like it and i gotta tell you john i'm having this is the most fun i've had uh writing you know is is the series when i started writing book to to kind of pick up on a um on you know on a on a previous story and and take that whole route of a sequel um man that was a lot of fun you know because i I remember being a kid and and back to the future was coming out and Rocky and all these amazing like series franchise movies. And I remember that feeling of when the new Rocky came out or the new Indiana Jones came out. or oh, the yeah. new, You were giddy about it. You were like, oh, this is going to be all. Awesome. I mean, I remember just I couldn't wait, you know, to see it. So um as an author, I'm I'm I feel the same way about writing, and I'm hoping my readers feel the same way uh, too when books two and three come out. But I can't wait. I'm just wrapping up book two now. I
0: can't wait nice. to get
1: into book three. Um, so I'm I'm having way more fun than than I thought I would have writing a series. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I've, uh, I've always been a little worried that I would run out of ideas in like book two and be like, well, it was a series <laughs> and now it's just a sequel Um because I've done a couple sequels. If I've got a like for one, there was uh, well, for both of them, there were just characters that I wasn't done with that. I was like, OK, let's do but yeah. no plan on a, a series. But it is fun because it's kind of like you get the band back together when you start book two and you're just yeah. like, all right, well, we can we can build on this and you know the. I know the team dynamic and now that everybody's gelling a little better or there's absolutely scattered, you know, but, but it's, you know, you know, your characters, you're not making up names. You're not making up backgrounds. You're just like, all right, let's go get the team together and let's move. Um, Yeah. And that's a good uh, way to
1: put it. Get the team back, get the band back together, get the team back together. and, And it's fun. Um, one of the cool things about the Shadowmakers, you're not really sure at the end, and I did this on purpose. I, yeah, I <laughs> want books one and two and three to really tie into each other. So at the end of book one, I mean, you're you know, if you like it, you're definitely looking for book two because it kind of leaves you. I don't want to say a cliffhanger, but there's definitely that little setup. Uh, to book two and there's a lot of like oh well what happens to so-and-so and how is this going to play out and um you know to kind of leave that hanging and then be able to pick that up and in book two um you know it's like you're you you're, you're you're holding that reveal from the reader for a little while and I'm going to say all right you're you're ready to figure out what happens you know yeah. to everybody here you go um <laughs> yeah. but I think eventually I you know in my mind I I see beyond book 3 if this you know if the series keeps going which I'm, I'm sure it will um I think eventually we'll settle into kind of a new story each time um but yeah books you know I can tell you books 1 2 and 3 all kind of tie into each other it's all going to be kind of part of the same story or you know the same storyline kind of continuation um which gets him ultimately you know our, our protagonist to where i i see him uh nice. so yeah that's that's kind of the, the fun in that
0: yeah that's that's uh that's very cool and um yeah i'm uh, i'm trying to trying to go down that same road we'll uh but we'll see what happens but uh ripped the band-aid it, off it, it felt yeah. it,
1: it fell better than i thought it would you know like i said i i fought that a little bit and i'm I'm glad i've listened to the smarter people around me and, and took that advice because. Um, i'm having fun man
0: yeah i've got ideas for three and four for the ty benhoff novels and kind of complete an arc you know for the character letting him letting him age and and come together in in certain ways that uh you know in the profession in the law enforcement profession things change over time and and just seeing you know let them mature and a a little bit or like you said you know make the guy jack reacher and and then doing a different adventure for like the last 20 years and he's still you know still ripping people apart and it's like, "Ah, I don't know. It's just so much fun to do. What do I want to do? Do I age this guy and let him go or do I just want to have him just throw him in the meat grinder every, every year? I don't know. (laughs) That's a, that's a tough one. So I'm I'm still playing with those ideas, but um, but yeah, good luck, man. That's uh, Shadowmaker sure. was Shadowmaker was a uh, was a blast. So I'm looking forward to book two and three. And I I do hope Jack finds his way back in because he's he just seems like that crazy little brother that you're like, hey, watch this, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, don't fall asleep on him, man. Don't yeah, fall asleep yeah, right. on
1: Jack. He's a good character.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no,
1: that that means a lot, John. I'm I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad it kept you going. I know I know you um. Uh, read a lot of stuff in this genre and a lot of really good, a lot of really good authors. Um, uh, so yeah, that means a lot. I appreciate it, man. I was, I was really proud of it. Um, I, you know, I think it's doing pretty well right now. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, the thing with the series, I'm excited about book two in that I think that'll gear people, more people up. For book one and um ultimately you know when book three comes out it'll be nice for readers to be able to go out and get all of them you know and not yeah. have to wait right now my readers are kind of waiting for book two which we're hoping uh is going to be published here in the, the fall um so hopefully folks will not have to wait too long but um but yeah appreciate yeah, it
0: and uh, when that one comes out we'll we'll come back and chat about that one too <laughs> that would be awesome yeah, that would be awesome yeah. Um, but yeah saying that I've kept you about an hour and I know that uh, people have people have lives so um uh, no I should probably wrap it up for you um before I do though uh I got your your website in the show notes and uh your socials um Twitter Instagram
1: yeah it's simply TJ Champito, and it's a bit of a mouthful but it's t j c h a m p i t t o uh and my website is tjcauthor.com. um so i try to keep that up to date uh with the team and and we're always trying to um you know get some new blogs up and some new content up there to keep it going and um like every author i probably should be a little more a little more active on social media but uh yeah come check me out and it's keep keep track of the progress going on with uh with the series
0: yeah it's a it's a challenge keeping up with social it media is. it's like <laughs> uh i you know, it's like if I if I scroll like once or twice on Twitter, I'm just like, oh, like these yeah. people need to take a break, you know? And yeah. then so it's, tough. That, it is hard. It's hard to you know, it's just so angry. There's a lot of angry people out there, but there, know, are, there are there are bright sides that you just got to look for the bright sides a little better. <laughs> if you can cherry pick through through Twitter, maybe find a good
1: things. But yeah, you hit the nail on the head. That, that one's, that, you know, that that, uh, you know, that platform's kind of um it's it's an it can get intense i've really enjoyed instagram over the last couple years it's a little happier i just you know post fun pictures and i've curated my my feed where I just see pretty skylines and nature yeah. and, uh, you know, it's, it's a very Zen experience for me on Instagram. I have a little more control there uh, than I do on some of the other platforms, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's always a challenge to kind of take a break from your work and, um, yeah, everybody's always kind of nudging me like, Hey, you should probably post something, you know? Um, so we try, we try, <laughs> Yeah,
0: we try. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, but yeah, I, uh, it's, uh, I will, um, Yeah. Let me know. Let me know if you want to come back and chat about book two and good luck with the series, man.
1: I'm definitely going to take you up on that offer, John. This has been an absolute blast. I'm glad I got to chat with you and, and, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get it back together when book two comes out. So I appreciate it. Awesome. And uh,
0: great talking to you and everybody. We'll talk to you next week.
1: All right. Take care, John. Thanks. Bye everybody.